I just wanted to, generally speaking, make some video to put out there so that people who are concerned about this man on their campus uh, who says that he wants to make people's lives safer on campus is actually doing the opposite of that. That's sort of the, that's sort of the gist of it. And, and I want people to understand where this guy comes from and why he is the way that he is. I fucking hate this man with a burning passion. He just blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> You've joined the uh, anti-Davidai Hasbara <laughs> action cadres. All right. Yeah, um, yeah me too. Uh, I was actually um, slightly anxious earlier because I think Twitter was glitching uh, and it was allowing me to still see his posts. Um, and so then I thought that maybe he'd caught wind of our... Uh, our stream today and maybe, had, you know maybe. pulled a strategic unblocking but but i confirmed and no nah, uh, i'm still persona non grata with uh, yeah uh, shy shy guy he did reply to one of my tweets yesterday saying something i i posted the thing do you, you know do you have any comment about your connection to all the stuff blah, blah blah and he goes i have no idea what you're talking about and then he said it was blood libel <laughs> <laughs> Classic. I fucking hate this man. Classic knee-jerk reaction, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay, okay. Um, yeah, the the great uh, blood libel crutch favored exactly. um, Zionist rhetorical strategy. It's just their knee-jerk. It's, it's just like the only fucking move they do. Okay. Um, and are you watching on, on Twitch by by the chan uh, by any way? Any chance? Yeah, I've got it pulled up in another tab. Yeah. Awesome. That'll work. There we are. Okay. So let's welcome in Klani, a.k.a. Parapower Mapping. Uh, from from Twitter, and uh, this is a, a really cool guest that I want to welcome in. And uh, yeah, welcome, Klani. How you doing today? What's up? I am psyched, Dan. Thank you so much for uh, having me on the stream. I'm ready to doff out of these Hasbara straight jackets we find ourselves yeah. in. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this is uh, this is going to be my very first live uh, on stream twitching for me. So. Um, full of anticipation to talk about the Davidai family, do a campus surveillance power mapping exercise. Um, yeah, and just very grateful for you having me on. Uh, my pleasure, and I'm, I'm stoked to be your first live stream here on the hell site known as Twitch. Um, <laughs> so let's let's just get to know you a little bit. I found your comment, uh, I found your content uh, about a week or two ago. As as I was, you know, looking into Shy David I and the whole thing with him and trying to figure out what his whole deal was, and then and I stumbled upon your account, Para Power Mapping, and um and you're, you you seem like this guy who's who's like uh, you say you got a corkboard podcast, which immediately makes me think of uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia with um what the fuck is the character's name and he's and he's talking about the uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember anything. His name but... escapes me the second too. I'm having a brain fart, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know the meme. The so, meme is great. It's it's yeah. a definite vibe for sure. Uh, so, sometimes yeah. I feel that way uh, when the when yeah. the paranoia like really starts coursing through your veins uh, yeah. when you start thinking about you know when when you're when you're poking at uh, Zionists like Shai uh, Davidai and and you start worrying about retaliation and these kinds of things uh, yeah. that can really put you in that. Uh, yeah, that that corkboard mindset. Exactly, Charlie from Charlie, Charlie Sunny talking about Pepe Silvia. Exactly, exactly. Right. Thank you, Chat. You're always there when I forget things. That's that's the good thing about live streaming, by the way. You might you might fall in love with having a having a chat always there to think for you. It's a teamwork effort. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, hey, before we get going, I I did not pull you on because I'm like, ooh, I really like this person's politics, which is sort of generally what I would do. Do you mind? 
quickly telling us about your politics? I consider myself a Marxist. Um, I wouldn't say I'm especially well-versed in theory. An aspiring Marxist is is how I would characterize myself. Um, but, right. but yeah. Um, chat wants to know if you're a flat earther. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> no, uh, no, that's funny stuff. All right. Very good. Very good. So uh, Parapower Mapping, a corkboard podcast mapping the interlocks and hidden passages of the capitalist elite, moneyed fams, secret societies, intel networks, and trafficking rings. <laughs> oh, tasty. Exactly. Sorry about that. Um, awesome. Tell me a little bit more about your podcast. Um, if, if, if this is all anyone knows, what else should they know about your podcast? I think you're 50 episodes deep. You've been doing it about a year. Tell us more about it. Yeah, sure. Well, I'll stay on theme and, uh, to give folks a taste, I'll just, uh, rattle off a couple episodes, um, that, pertain to, you know, Zionist espionage, which is a frequent topic. Uh, I've been covering these these kinds of things increasingly since October 7th. Um, yeah. So if any of your listeners want to check this stuff out, uh, I've got a past series with Luke Marshall from Things Observed on the triple agent Eric Jan Hanussen, um, who was simultaneously a British intel asset a likely Zionist agent and an occult propagandist for the Nazi party. And this was in the like early thirties. And he vied to become Hitler's minister of the occult prior to his assassination following the Reichstag fire. Uh, he may have even had a hand in constructing the cover-up, if not uh, hypnotizing the chosen patsy, Marinus von der Lubbe. Um, so that was a fun series. Uh, I've also touched on the Eichmann abduction in an episode on um, the way international relations and match fixing and uh, pro football in South America intersected yeah. during the Dirty War. Um, yeah. And then most recently, uh, I have this ongoing series that I'm working on uh, on the ultra Zionist messianic Hasidic sect uh, Chabad Lubavitch um, and their utility for the ethnostate's intel apparatus. Um, and that's called Year of the Tunnel. So a uh, couple okay. of things I've been working on. Yeah. Really cool. Uh, you, you do like a lot of research and stuff. And anyone who goes to your uh, your Twitter can sort of see that like really quickly. You're, you're in the you're in the minds, the research minds, and you're pulling up newspaper clips and you're, you seem really deep into a lot of different things. And uh, what's what's your background with that? Are you, are you like a researcher uh, in, you know, are you a trained researcher or whatever? Did you just get into this on your own? Totally amateur, just Incredible. learning the ropes as I go. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, for OPSEC reasons, I don't want to talk a bunch about my background, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. uh, the Canary mission, Perfect. things, things of this nature. So I won't I won't go into a ton of detail. But yeah, I um I probably gained a few skills um, in in past studies. Uh, but I am by no means a professional. Um, so okay. the research is, uh, yeah, the, that's just stuff that I've been uh, working my way into and learning about as I go. I dig it. I dig it. And it seems that um, it seems that like you're, you're doing a lot of stuff that I, I bet a lot of uh, maybe people in my chat or people who may see this video down the road, they might want to get into that. What, what, what kinds of uh, before we start talking about shy and the whole thing? Any, any kinds of tips or resources for folks that you might suggest who are getting in, who maybe want to do similar kinds of research or 
uh, or maybe a different way to ask the question is, you know, what what maybe uh, tips or hints would you give to a younger version of yourself getting into the same kind of work? Most definitely. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the legal and then we'll go towards the more uh, illegal resources. But yeah, I would I would recommend uh, people get a newspapers.com subscription. Uh, okay. That's that's a great resource if you if you have the means to do so. Um I frequently avail myself to to their archives, uh, and then, I mean, LibGen is incredibly useful, of course. Internet Archive, LibGen. yeah, LibGen for just you know text and and the like. Uh, but uh, Internet Archive is, yeah, uh, also so very helpful. So that's how you'll find articles, and it's like highlighted in yellow, right? You get like a little thing, you'll you'll be able to search for something and it, and it pulls up and it'll like highlight in yellow, like this Red River Rebellion looks like that's what you searched for, or Lewis Riel, is that, so you're like pumping these search, these yeah. search terms into these websites and they crank out different newspaper articles for you, huh? They, they literally have articles going all the way back into the 19th century, entirely digitized scans of the stuff you can. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. It's incredible. Uh, automated. You can search for any terms. Um, it's, you know, not foolproof. It's not a hundred percent, but it will um, pull up stuff for you. That's what I was wondering the most. That is incredible. I'll have to start digging into that. Awesome. Well, okay. Are we ready to talk a little bit about shy here? Yeah, let's do it. Shy David day. All right. So folks, today we're here talking about Shy David Dye because I just, you know, we just really like him. We got a big crush on the guy, Shy David Dye. And he looks like this. I can't really show you his Twitter account because I'm banned. He blocked me on Twitter <laughs> just before we met. So I'll have to log into my backup account and pull it up that way. Wow. Look at my tricks. I got tricks too. So oh, here he crafty. is. He describes himself on Twitter as Jewish Israeli father, partner, Zionist, which... It's just wild that people are just out there calling themselves Zionists. And I th I, I'm like, I'm like wondering, like, how long is it going to be? Five, 10, 20 years before people start to realize that, you know, you can't just be out there admitting this. Anyways. Yeah. Get you pulled in front of the Hague. Honest, honestly, in a reasonable world. We've, we've definitely Hopefully, mentioned this. Finger, fingers crossed. Maybe even better, a trial in Palestine. But yeah. Um, and that reminds me of another story we'll talk about later. About uh, assistant professor at Columbia Business School. Yeah. So, Shy David Dye. Why are we talking about him today, uh, Kalani? What? Why is this? Why is Shy relevant? What is his deal? Why are we even talking about him? Let's Go. let's talk about the the man, his grift, and assistant professorial legend. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and so maybe we can just start with uh, some basics about his background. Work our way out from there to uh, examine some of the mechanisms Israel has leveraged in its war on BDS and pro-Palestinian campus activism. Looks like you've already got uh, his candlelit vigil video pulled up here. This is uh, Shai's, I think it's uh, an open letter to um, every parent in America, uh, yeah. which was uh, a very a very canny, concerted effort, I would assume, uh, with elements of the uh, Israeli lobby. Um, and he probably had a whole team uh, aiding him in, in putting together this viral stunt uh, would would be my guess. Um, and yeah, he if folks haven't seen the video, you know, he basically demands uh, at the beginning of it, 
to his audience that they pull out their phones, that they record the whole thing, um, and then send it to every parent that they know. Uh, And fun fact, this was quickly accompanied by a minuscule write-up in Commentary magazine that dropped the very same day, uh, which... So it was co-sold by uh, John Podhoritz, a speechwriter for Reagan and Bush, who went on to be one of uh, George W. Bush's most stalwart supporters, a useful hawk for the Iraq war architect. Here it is. Yeah, there you are. So, yeah, as soon as the video went live, uh, I think this followed in in quick succession. yeah, and even to this day, Podhoritz still backs the Iraq War, of course, uh, which just gets at his motivations and perhaps the degree to which he's been compromised. Uh, and also to give yeah. an example of how much of a Zionist um, John is, uh, just know that he once yeah. bashed paleoconservative politician and consultant Pat Buchanan, who had decried Israel's 2006 Lebanon War as unchristian, um, which uh, Podhoritz, of course, uh, poo-pooed as anti-Semitic. Um, so yeah, uh, that's an example. It's a great example of, um, the ways in which, uh, you know, APAC, uh, emissaries or, um, these kinds of Israeli mouthpieces on campuses nationwide will work in concert with, uh, many different, uh, Israeli lobbying groups to, um, to concoct these massive stories. And, uh, one example that we might get to later is this story um, yeah. about, yeah, Julia uh, Reifkind. Um, okay. But in in the video, he, uh, yeah, he he basically tries to tether uh, uh, on campus activism and uh, BDS to Hamas, um, or or shit coats it as uh, a terror campaign, right? Um, I don't know if you want to actually play some of the audio, but. Um, that's kind of the gist. As well, um, but I need your help. Uh, if you can all now take out your phones, because I, I need your help. So please take out your phones, put it on video. Uh, I'm going to stand here because I want everyone to see where I'm standing. I want everyone to see where we are. So everyone, please take out your phones because I want this message to get to every parent who sent their kids to Columbia University and trusted their kids and their children's safety with us. I want this message to get to every parent in America who sent their kids to NYU, to Harvard, to Stanford, to Berkeley. And I want you to know one thing, we cannot protect your child. And I'm not saying this as a professor, I should introduce myself. My name is Shai Davidai. I am a professor at Columbia Business School. I am Israeli. But before all of that, I am a dad. I have two beautiful children. And I'm talking to you. I'm speaking to you as a dad. And I want you to know, we cannot protect your children from pro terror student organizations because the president of Columbia University will not speak out against pro-terror student organizations because the president of Harvard University, because the president of Stanford, because the president of Berkeley, they will not speak out against pro-terror 
student organizations. Last Saturday, 14 U.S. citizens were kidnapped into Gaza with 200 other Israeli, French, German, and other nationalities. 14 citizens of the U.S. are right now kidnapping Gaza. And yet the president of the university is allowing, is giving her support to pro-terror student organizations. I have an amazing seven-year-old son. Every night before I tuck him to sleep, we read a chapter of Harry Potter. And yet, to the students, to the pro-terror student organizations at Columbia, my seven-year-old son is a legitimate target of resistance just because he's Israeli. I have a two-year-old daughter, a feisty two-year-old daughter. She has two sons that are her favorite. Baby Shark, Take It Off by Taylor Swift. And yet, to the pro-terror student organization on campus, here, and at Harvard, and at NYU, and at Stanford, and at Berkeley, and at Northwestern, my two-year-old daughter is a legitimate target of resistance. You're allowed to murder and kidnap my two-year-old daughter in the name of resistance. And none of the presidents of universities all around the country are willing to take a stand. This is what cowards do. Now name it now. President Minus Shafiq of Columbia University. You are a coward. Because if President Biden can come up and say, no, this is unacceptable, this is inhumane. And if Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, is able to say, this is not okay, then where are you, President Shafiq? of Columbia University. We are waiting for you to eradicate all pro-terror student organizations from campus. Uh, before we get into the whole thing, what is his, like, his general complaint? He says, uh, you, you're talking about BDS, and for those who don't know, BDS means Boycott, Divest, Sanction, Israel. Um, uh, and, and this has turned into a, a really big thing. Uh, uh, there are states all across the so-called United States that have banned these movements and have pretty much criminalized them to an extent, or, or they're attempting to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Which sort of goes to show us the extent of Zionist, um, I don't want to say infiltration or whatever, but... Uh, I think you can say infiltration, yeah. Or poll, yeah, uh, if you want to be more diplomatic about it. Poll. I think I think that makes, that, that sounds a little better to me. Um yeah, so they they oppose uh, BDS. They 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 don't want uh, any boycotts of uh, of Israeli products or or divestments or sanctions, and um and that's a little bit tricky because you know you, if if anyone's paying attention, well, uh, they're doing a genocide. But uh, we'll we'll sort of get back to that. So, but this is the video 
that made Shy sort of like uh, leap into the 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 eye of the public. At least this is the first time I've seen this guy in my entire life. Yeah, absolutely. And his 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 main complaint, and you could feel free to jump on here and stop me or whatever, is that there were students on campus that are pro-Palestinian, and they're they're walking around and they're chanting from the river to the sea, and he says that that's anti-Semitic. Yeah. He says that the, this, is, this is a call for violence, and they're somehow complicit in violence. And that's where it gets a little bit rich now, doesn't it? Oh, it sure does. It's that that classic so, Zionist switcheroo. Uh, yeah, of switcheroo. like, yeah, a rhetorical switcheroo of like, you're actually um, carrying out a genocide, but then you uh, shitcoat this really uh, just a human rights-oriented uh, slogan as... Uh, genocidal in and of itself um what is that you know it's it's become a truism basically but like uh what is what is the line every accusation is a confession at this point um right every zionist accusation and uh we're looking here at a at a piece of video from 60 minutes where after he had his viral video go out 60 minutes uh, brought him on to allow him to uh, breathlessly go after these these pro-palestinian students and uh, really despicable stuff, to be honest. Um, so he, he he considers people who chant from the river to the sea to be anti-Semitic. He said that I was an that I was anti-Semitic by asking him about some of these things that we're going to be talking about today. But I feel like, and you can feel free to redirect me if you if there was anything else that we wanted to get here at the beginning, just uh, briefly introducing Shy here. But uh, I feel like maybe we can talk about how we got here, like like what wh how. He, he's, he's a professor at uh, a business at Columbia, and and uh, I think that we can probably throw our tinfoil hat on and try to ask ourselves how he even got the job in the first place. However, more importantly, let's talk about his. Maybe we could talk about his family, and then and then we can lead up to some of the things that are happening on on colleges camp uh, college campuses now. Sounds good, Kalani? Yeah, sure. Cool. So so who's his family? What's his what's their deal? Oh, OK. Uh, yeah. You want to go there first? OK. Yeah. Is that OK? Yeah, that's totally fine. Right. Um, let me. Associate professor, associate. Professor. Yeah. So today he's an assistant professor of management at uh, Columbia Business School, um, I believe. Uh, uh, Mr. Manager. Yeah. His his CV is um, pretty impressive. Uh, but to. To talk about his fam, so we can go all the way back to yeah. uh, to Benjamin uh, Davidai. Okay. Um, Shai's grandpa not only helped to coordinate the Eichmann abduction flight out of Argentina, um, but he also met with Shin Bet or Shabak uh, prior to these hijacking attempts. Uh, in fact, the very first. Yeah, so the very first uh, hijacking of an L-all flight, uh, which is like, and I'm not positive that I have the pronunciation correct, but the Israeli airline uh, in 1968, um, and this was by the PFLP, uh, of course, um, this was the flight 426 from, from Rome to Algiers. Prior to it, uh, Shai Davidai's grandfather, uh, Benjamin, sat down as at this time my understanding is he would have been the deputy director of the airline or deputy ceo basically and he had to sit down with uh with three gentlemen from the general security service shabak um and other members of el all's management and uh this i'm yeah. getting from this memoir written by uh the actual pilot 
uh, who who um, was piloting that flight when the skyjacking happened. Um, and according to him, the the purpose of the uh, of their visit was to inform El all that information was received from reliable sources indicating that certain Arab terrorist organizations intended to skyjack El all airplanes in flight. What I find so fascinating about this personally um, is it seems very evocative of the kinds of uh, stories that we've seen um, in the aftermath of October 7th, talking about how there you know, was all of this intel that the IDF had about potential uh, Hamas attacks um, prior, you know, I mean, even years prior yeah. to uh, October 7th, like all the way back in 2014, uh, Netanyahu, BB talking in, in like a closed door uh, meeting um, and kind of outlining a situation very akin to October 7th. Um, there are other examples. Uh, I don't know if folks know at Boltzmann Booty, but he does a lot of uh, posting along these lines. He's he's covered, um, yeah, the inconsistencies um, by the Israeli military um, there was one, like one of the worst massacres on October 7th was at a kibbutz, yeah. right? Kibbutz. Yeah, I think you're right. Kibbutz. Yeah. Uh, recently, I think it was a New York times article came out that gave this entire timeline of like the, the rescues, uh, and, and the like. Um, and there was a pretty conspicuous, uh, lag there. Um, I think a good 12 or 13 hours before, um, before the, the IDF or IOF forces actually mobilized and went into the kibbutz. Uh, and oh. yeah, there, there's, you know, televised footage. So they allegedly were letting it happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, make of yeah. that what you will. Like, uh, some might interpret that in, in a different way and, uh, I'm not going to tell you what to think, but I, yeah, I think it's uh, kind of interesting, and I guess my argument would be that um, the very fact that uh, Shai Davidai's grandfather not only was in this sit-down with the General Security Service um, prior to this very uh, yeah, significant skyjacking um, in the history of uh, like Palestinian resistance and uh, the, you know, uh, recurrent wars between, or really just ongoing, you know, 75 year long genocide of, of Palestinians, um, those hijackings in the, in the sixties and seventies played a significant role, um, in how all of that stuff played out. Right. Um, and he, so he was not only in the meeting, but he also delegated, uh, to captains V Tohar, who, if I remember correctly, was the guy who actually flew the Eichmann abduction flight, the covert L all flight where, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that under the, uh, auspices of like a diplomatic visit, you know, they went in to Argentina. Um, they had this whole cover story, uh, and then drugged Eichmann, uh, put him on the plane, dressed him up as a uh, steward, essentially, and then and then flew him out. And it was a, uh, yeah, um, a historic and lengthy Mossad operation to pull all of that off. So um, 
Right. So and one for, of his. Just to, oh, sorry. What were you going to say? I, I was just go back to some basics for people who don't know what's going on. Adolf Eichmann was a, a Nazi. He was he was a, he was a, one of the big planners of the of the Holocaust. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Spymaster, too. And he was captured and he, I think he was going to be tried, but then he escaped um, and then he escaped uh, to, to Argentina, which which is weird. A lot of a lot of a lot of Nazis went to uh, Latin America, if you guys don't know. Oh, they sure that. did. Um, and uh, I guess uh, Israeli intelligence tracked him down and shy David I's grandpa, Benny, was involved in the operation to abduct him and bring him back to Israel. Is that the gist? That's the gist. And Shai actually speaks to this. He, he's quoted in an interview bragging about his grandfather's uh, involvement in that operation. So we get it directly from the horse's mouth. Wow. Yeah. And, th and then they would take Adolf Eichmann and charge him. And and uh, and what am I trying to say? Uh, he, he would be he would be charged and, and he would go to court in Israel and instead of being charged at, uh, you know, sort of an an international court, a la The Hague, right. or, you know, Nuremberg or whatever. Exactly. So the question is, the question is, why? Why? Why would they do that? Why? What is what is the point of that? They're just they're just mad at, at the Nazi. Could there be other reasons that they would allegedly charge this Nazi in Israel instead of letting him be charged at the international court? People say, oh, the Eichmann flight was goaded. They should have tried more Nazis in Israel, should they? And you say agree that that he deserved death and more. I mean Nazis, right? Yeah, absolutely. But that's that's the point. Uh, why why weren't they? Why weren't they charged at the Hague? Why was Eichmann ferried to Israel contrary to the Hague? And what is what is a possible explanation for that, Kalani? So one explanation would be um, a trip to Israel, an initial trip to Israel that kind of got foiled because uh, one um, undercover Nazi agent's cover was blown. Uh, and then they had to uh, redirect um, or scuttle and uh, reorganize this meeting between Eichmann um, and this Hagana uh, agent, which is like, you know, Hagana was this Zionist paramilitary and basically like a predecessor of the IDF, right? Terrorist organization, okay. really, um, uh, back in the day of, you know, mandatory Palestine. And um, yeah, I've, I've, done some research into this. Eichmann was essentially uh, this Haganah agent, uh, Fievel Polk's handler. Um, and Fievel Polk's, uh, yeah, this is really fascinating. He was giving Nazis uh, information, um, yeah, intel on, for example, a uh, Soviet radio operation on the, the border of, uh, I believe it was like the maybe the Belgian German border. Um, but the, yeah, the USSR was, um, running this like lorry up and down the border, um, broadcasting, you know, uh, propaganda into, uh, German airspace. And he gave up this information to, to Eichmann in return for various favors. The Haganah, I think it was Haganah though. Actually, I may be con confusing with another, uh, like paramilitary offshoot, um, yeah. Lehi, possibly, I can't remember it. I'd have to look at my tweets, but, um, at one point there was a military alliance that was, uh, proposed by some of these, um, you know, proto, uh, Zionist spy masters with the third Reich, with the Nazi regime. And Eichmann was involved in, uh, coordinating all of this, um, 
the Nazis even uh, smuggled, they smuggled uh, tons, hundreds of tons of Luger pistols into uh, mandatory Palestine to arm these uh, these Zionist paramilitaries um, in the, I think this would have been the 30s, mid-30s. Uh, they smuggled them on a, uh, I think it was a Nazi ship flying, you know, flying the uh, a swastika flag uh, in all of these like cement buckets, hundreds of tons of them. Um, and then there were also, there were other kinds of collaborations. Like at one point, a Nazi ship was uh, enlisted in um, ferrying uh, immigrants to um, to the, the mandate as well. The notion would be that part of why they brought Eichmann to Israel was to suppress all of this information so that, you know, he couldn't dish it um, because that would be incredibly damaging to the the yeah. nascent Zionist entity, right? Uh, and their political fortunes, their relationships with other governments. And I mean, yeah, it would, it would uh, kind of, uh, yeah, it would be like Samson pulling down the whole facade of Zionism, uh, pillar by pillar, kind of be a lot of blowback. This is, this is, these are big explosive uh, claims here because effectively folks, effectively what we're saying is that shy David I's grandpa was involved with abducting a Nazi, not to, not specifically to, to try them and, and to, you know, hang them and, and, you know, you know, deal out the justice that Nazis deserve, but in order to cover up Nazi Zionist collaboration, because that would make the Zionists not not really look very good. Is that you know? I mean, we all get that, right? Is that the gist of it? Am I am I, am I bastardizing it too much? No, 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 no. I think that's a great uh, encapsulation. Yeah, it is really really crazy shit. Um, yeah, and you can look at this stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, you know, scroll my my Twitter, uh, search it, search for Eichmann. I've uh, I've posted like um, CIA special collections and doc transfer memo uh, documents that um, speak to uh, or corroborate that Adolf Eichmann was running the Zionist spy, um, Fievel Polks. Uh, and yeah, there are other, um, I think Brenner's, uh, Brenner's got a great book that touches on this history too. Um, I can't remember the title straight off the dome, but that's another one that I've pulled from. Um, but yeah, so that information is out there and yeah, it's really incendiary history. That's, that's for sure. pretty wild. And, uh, it's wild. It just, and, yeah. and Davi dies. Yep. Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. He helped to facilitate it. And at that time, I think he would have been the head of maintenance for uh l all i believe though i could have the timeline slightly wrong um i wouldn't even be surprised i i don't there isn't a ton of information about his career at least english language if there were any um yeah hebrew speakers in the chat uh they they might be able to do some um some investigating for us because they're I think I've found one or two Hebrew language resources that would uh, go even more in depth on this stuff. Um, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he received a promotion, you know, became deputy director of El All in part because of his involvement in that operation, mm -hmm. right? Like that's how crucial it's, you know, it was such an important uh, moment for the young Zionist regime. 
I and if, if we can go back really quickly to the, uh, the 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 hijacking, which allegedly his grandfather sort of knew about, or he or he had uh, some information that something like that may happen, um, and then it happened. Um, the, the, what happened following this was the Entebbe operation, where I think the the the, the plane where it landed where Algiers. Am I making this shit up? Um, it landed somewhere in Africa. Uh, Africa? I think flight four two six is Algiers. Uh, Algiers. Um, I can pull up uh, the yeah. Entebbe raid. Yeah, that was pretty wild um, stuff. Yeah, this was during the Arab-Israeli conflict in yeah. the Cold War, July uh, 1976. Um, I think there are more clippings um, regarding this. Yeah, it was a counterterrorist mission in Uganda um, that was launched in response to the hijacking of uh, inter international civilian passenger flight, uh, an Airbus A300 operated by air france between the cities of tel aviv and paris um and during a stopover in athens uh two palestinian pflp uh resistance fighters and two german rz fighters diverted the plane to okay. libya um and then to uganda yeah and um, uganda is sort of interesting now especially considering considering their icj vote right right exactly uh what was the name of the judge what was her name yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah. Um, I was listening to uh, East as a podcast, they were doing something on the the ICJ, and uh, uh, they were, they were making some compelling arguments that she might be a Christian Zionist, which um, oh, wow. seems likely that that might have yeah. informed her. Uh, but yeah, it's also interesting to think about these kinds of like diplomatic relations. Um, and I tried to do a little digging into um yeah, I mean, this would take us off on a tangent, but there's also probably some interesting stuff to find regarding uh, different kinds of uh, Israeli investment um, in Uganda. There certainly is in other parts of Africa, like the the history of like Israeli diamond mines in Zimbabwe, South Africa. Um, Se yeah. Sebutende, maybe is the is the is the judge name? Sebutende, yeah. And I know we're jumping around here, and I think it's probably because I have ADD, and I'm really sorry about that. It's just how my brain works. I just make connections like this. This is how my brain no, works. No, no, no. This is great. Um, yeah. Uh, how, how does Pepsi and Burger King fit into all this? <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with that? Okay. One one last thing before we leave um, sure, sure. Benny, though. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, related to these hijackings. So the, the clippings that I pulled um, – what something that's very interesting about it. So I want to give folks just one other anecdote. Uh, there was another attack. This wasn't an actual hijacking. Um, it was, I'm trying to recall. I think this was in Switzerland. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, Benny Davidai. So I found evidence uh, on newspapers.com um, substantiating that he was directly involved seemingly, um, or at least was the spokesperson for these L all efforts to recruit ex paratroopers to serve as like mercs, mercenaries guarding planes, they, they would be plain clothes, Got it. Um, you know, ex IDF, uh, paratroopers and other special forces, they would put them on the planes to guard, um, for potential hijackings or attacks during this period. Uh, and then, um, Following this this attack of a a L all flight in Switzerland, um, which I think it was prior to takeoff, uh, you know some some uh, PFLP uh, resistance fighters approached uh, approached the plane, and there was a firefight, um, and 
ultimately, one of the attackers ended up dead, and he was killed by this ex-IDF paratrooper named uh, Mordecai uh, Rahamin. Um, and what's interesting is Benny Davidai goes on record and like disavows Mordecai entirely. So you can find both interviews of him being like, yes, we recruited <laughs> we recruited these security forces and it's a great boon for, you know, uh, for El All. And um, despite the hijackings, like business is booming, business is better than ever. And then you can also find these uh, articles where he's basically throwing this guy yeah. under the bus. <laughs> so so that's wow. Funny. He poked his friend in the eye with a toy gun. The injury healed, but he never played with guns again, is the quote from the article. Um. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that's from his sister uh, defending him, I believe, um, Mordecai's. But yeah, it sounds like he did continue to play with guns. Um, I would have to go looking to see how all of that uh, played out. I, I believe there was a question of whether the the uh, PFLP folks had actually surrendered and put down their weapons and that Mordecai had shot one of them in the head in cold Whoa. blood. That's a war crime then, isn't it? Um, you know what I just remembered as well? The Entebbe operation? That's where uh, Bibi Netanyahu's brother died. He was killed there. Did you know about that part? Oh, it says, it says they're offline. CIA got him, everybody. Yeah, that's it. Um, so we're using Zencaster right now to meet, and Kalani is offline. So someone got him. That's the CIA for you. CIA Steve is fucking with us right now. Uh, we'll, we'll give Kalani a moment to get back with us. This is incredible. This is pretty much exactly how I imagined this, this chat would go. Just dropping bombs left and right. Let's give Kalani a moment. Hopefully uh, he'll be able to join us again. How we doing, chat? Do we have any questions? I know we're sort of bouncing around left and right. Sort of, you know, you, you, you got to imagine yourself in front of that cork board. You know, you got to make those connections as you, as you see it.
Thank you.